We're continuing this morning in our sermon series, The Summer in the Psalms. That's been our Bible reading plan for the last several weeks. It's not too late to join in on that. Readpraylovedaily.com, or you can go on our website uh, to find that as we're reading through a psalm or two a day. So I'd encourage you to do that. And there's also videos on that site for singing the psalms, family worship, uh, different videos do introduction to each psalm. So I'd encourage you uh, to take up that discipline. N.T. Wright, in his book about the psalms, says that the psalms are written for many reasons, one of which is to give us hope. But if you remember, many of the psalms, like today, are in David's time, but they're putting them together during the time of exile. N.T. Wright says they're not just songs for us about hope. These, these songs keep us sane. You read through Psalm 62, and we'll see it in just a minute. Life is happening to David, and it's holding on to these truths about who God is, what he is like, that holds him steady. Last week, we looked at what the Psalm 139 said about God being all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present all and always relating and searching for us. Today, we're going to see some more things as well about God's character Words that we need to hold on to as we, and we see it in a minute, as we wait. I've been loving talking with some of y'all about Psalms. Several of you say this is some of your favorite books in the Bible is the book of, of Psalms. Can I say when you tell me that, I worry about you. I get a little bit nervous when people say the Psalms are my favorite when I, have a, when, I, when I have a need, I go to the Psalms because, as one commentator says, over half, 150 now, over half of the Psalms have a wintry tone. There's all kinds of hurt in the Psalms. They're actually songs or psalms of vengeance, and we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. We turn to the Psalms, yes, because they help us praise God, but I think it's right to remember this. So many of them are laments. So many of them we go to because we are in a season of wondering, where are you, God? When are you going to show up? Will you please put your justice on display? These songs show every aspect of the human experience. And every time we find the psalmist saying, in those moments, praise or prayer, or lament, God is present. God will work. Will you trust him? And that's where we're going to go today. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started looking at psalms that help us praise God. You know, there's actually a section in the psalms called the Songs of Ascent. They're the psalms that the people of God would sing on their way up to the temple uh, to worship. And it's interesting, when you look at those psalms, um, and, I, and I may have shared this a year or two ago, but they're not uniform steps that lead up to the temple. And, and these people knew what they were doing. They built magnificent structures. They followed God's plan meticulously. But you even see them cut out to this day, those ancient steps. They were there in Jesus' day, and they're not uniform. And so people think, could it be that they're actually cut out to the rhythm of those songs? to the song of ascents, that as you're coming up to me, we know you're going to always ascend to the hill of the Lord. And, and, and could it be it's cut out to the rhythm when they sing? Or could it be that you and I, look, 
God's always with us. That's, the, that's so much of the beauty of who Jesus is. The veil has been torn, and you and I can have full fellowship with the Father. The Father's gifted us the Spirit to have life in him. But we also want to approach God rightly and reverently. And so maybe those those rocks were cut out. Maybe those steps were formed so that you don't rush up to the presence of God. That you rightly approach him. You carefully approach him. Listen, I know, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Some of you came in here on two wheels. The kids would not cooperate. You're three minutes late. You're just now starting to catch your breath and you're mad. But I'm just glad you're here. But we gotta, we've got to... We've got to find that time before we come to this room to say, Lord, I'm coming to your house today with your people. Would you get me ready? Whatever offering I need to bring, whatever preparation I need to do, that's the song of ascents. Come down that hill. Come down that hill across the Kidron Valley, up the hill of God, singing songs of praise in anticipation of what God will do, how God will meet him. That's, that's so much of what the Psalms do. They help us in our praise. This morning, uh, we're going to be looking not just at who God is, but really what, what is to be our response to this God. And, and so this morning, I just want to give you three words to think about. The first word you see in verse 1 and verse 5. The three words, the three responses first is this. Wait. <laughs> we don't like to wait, do we? Fast food lines are never fast enough. Two-day shipping is not fast enough. I told my boys on a couple Black Fridays, this is part of your training. You're just going to sit here and you're going to wait while your sister and your mom shop. You're just gonna, this is your training. And I thought, I'm not going to share that this Sunday because my wife will be in services and I'm going to get in trouble later. But then this past Thursday happened. This past Thursday, where I was trying to have a nice evening with my wife and my daughter, we had a family night out, we saw a movie, we had dinner, and then we, we hit some stores. As I understood it, eventually I made parole and was told to just go to the car. <laughs> I went to the car, just turned on sports radio, and I waited. That was my job, I waited. Waiting. Waiting is a real spiritual discipline, and it's a constant refrain from Scripture and from the Psalms. Two to one over any other book, and really it's quadruple to one or more than that. There's only one book that has half the instances of this phrase or question. The Psalms own this question. The Psalms own this phrase. How long? Some of us have been asking that. How long till you show up with your justice? How long until you show up with your mercy? How long until you show up in, in a friend's life or my children's life or in this health issue? The psalmist asked the real questions of faith. This has been a long wait, Lord. Would you come and put your character on display? Would you come put your, pa uh, your power on display? As my Sunday school teacher here at church reminds us all the time in our class, Habakkuk 2.3, Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The psalmist in Psalm 130, we hold on to those words all the time, and many times we share them at funerals. I will wait for the Lord. 
My soul waits. In his word do I hope. I will wait for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. Yes, more than the watchman for the morning. How is it you and I need to hear this word from David, who had to wait many times? When will you show up with your protection? When will you show up with your provision? When will you show up with your healing? And he found God always faithful. I want to give a word of thanks to Lori. I had asked her five or six weeks ago. I know Mark Swayze who wrote the song that was sung this morning, My Soul Waits. And I said, I don't have sheet music. Thank you for your musical talents, Lori. God bless you. And she literally had to figure it all out uh, for us to be able to hear that wonderful song uh, this morning. Thank you for that. Um, My Soul Waits for You. Now listen, the first time I heard that, I thought back to the 1980s and the 1990s when contemporary and modern music services were beginning. And I will tell you in my, there's more than one time I called those services 7-Eleven services. Seven words sung 11 times, right? I felt like I was back in a revival service singing just as I am because there was one person who was holding out and wouldn't get down to this altar rail. We're going to sing these verses one more time. That kind of repetition, though, was found here. And it's right that Mark Swayze formed that song, My Soul Waits. And again, I'm going to wait. We need to hear it over and over again. And routinely, you're going to find it through the Psalms. To be a a worshiping people and a right response to God, it means sometimes and typically waiting. How is it you and I need to hear that? doesn't mean a passive waiting. doesn't mean I don't stay in obedience. I'm not, I'm not being expected in my prayers. I'm, I'm equipping myself ready for God's a- answer. It's an active waiting. But how do you need to keep on waiting on the Lord? I know maybe it's been a long season. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Or as Mark Swayze's song says, not only am I going to wait, but he then says, and here's the second word, alone. The next part of the verse in that song in our offertory was, In God alone my glory is, and my salvation sure. Taken from this psalm. Uh, Verse 1, verse 2, verse 5, verse 6. The word is alone. Over and over again, making sure that you and I get it. When there is a struggle, when there is a question, when there is a hurt, who is it, what is it? Let's be honest, when you're triggered, when you're hurt, when there's chaos, where do you run? Is it God first? Is it God alone? Or no, 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 it's my girlfriend, it's my boyfriend, it's my husband, my wife, it's, it's, it's to accomplishment, it's to my abilities, it's to provide, where is it you and I run? David could have run to a lot of places, his strength, his charm, his music. The number one place that our kids go with their pain is their music. That's why we've got to be listening to it and know it. That's the number one place a recent survey said. He could have gone to politics to try to top down, change things and and force his way. There's all kinds of places that, 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 that David could have gone to. Listen, I say it all the time, and I'm a broken record. There is no David without Jonathan. And there won't be who you ought to be without a Jonathan or a Naomi in your life. 
We've got to have friends who pour into us and encourage us, or as Corey said, hold us accountable and, and encourage us. But it's got to be God first. You like me sometimes? Something comes up and you're immediately on the phone with somebody? Something comes up and you're immediately trying to manipulate things and to, to get this in order? What you see, David, who's got all those kinds of things at his fingertips to play, God alone, God alone, God alone, God alone. God only, God only, God only, God only. And listen, he, go down to verse 9, 10. David calls these things out. He says these things that we can run to, whether it be people or money or stuff, they are a lie, delusion, and they are but a breath. But I'm tempted to go to them. It is the goodness of God to give us family and to give us friends and to give us church family and to give us, to give us talents and to give us a mind and to give us Christian resources. It's the goodness of God to do that. But the question comes before us this morning, is it God first? And really, ultimately, is it God alone? The Bible has a word, and it's not a good word, when it's not God alone, when there are other people or things we run to first. The Bible dirty word for that is idol. Not only are we making those things or people idols, but listen, nobody can live up to being God, and so we squeeze the life out of those things and those people to, to, to ask for things they can't even produce. We basically just choke them out and squeeze them out and then move on to the next thing. David says, and he, think of all the countless times with hurts with children, with wondering about his own safety, uh, with just in leading people, how often he could have been tempted to try to manipulate things. But here he says over and over again in this song to God, it's got to be you. It's you alone. You need to say that today? To confess to the Lord and say, listen, I, I see it. I've been trusting in so-and-so or running to this. It's, it's, just, it's my go-to. It's my default. And then if that doesn't work out, I'll pray. How is it you need to hear and respond to this? Last word. Last word, we see it in verse 8 and verse 10. And this is really, Dr. John Oswalt would say, this is the key issue of the Old Testament. It's trust. Who do you and I really trust? Not just for our salvation. Here the psalmist says, yes, my salvation is sure in God alone. It's his. But in all things, who do we trust? If you look back on your week this week, who were you trusting? In work? In relationships, in ministry, in struggles, in joys. Who was your, who was my trust? Because it really is, you go down to verse 8 and 10, this is really a gut check because the word heart keeps coming up. Where is your heart? Who has your trust? I don't know if you've ever done this, but I did student ministry years ago. And we used to do trust falls. Have you seen a trust fall? Right? Where somebody, you, you ask them to close their eyes, you know, and then you tell them to fall back and you've got people to, to catch them. Uh, and so we used to do that with students on ropes courses and different things. It was great. I, it didn't go well one time when I was uh, the associate at Batesville and doing student ministry. I had a bunch of the South Panola football linemen in my youth group. These were, these were men at 16, 17, 18. These were real men. So we did trust fall. And, of course, these other guys were like, yeah, I want to catch him. Let me catch him. So I'd let them catch him. And so they put their hands together and catch him. And, and they did okay. But the problem is when you have that massive, 
looked like three, 400 pounds of weight come down. They caught him, but when that weight comes down on those arms, what happens with your head? Bang! Kids would bash their heads into each other. And I would think, hey, that's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, are you okay? You know? But my favorite trust fall of all, and I didn't get to witness this directly, but I saw the video. They had asked, the family had asked this child, you know, we're going to do a trust fall. Close your eyes and fall. And so he got still. We'll tell you when to fall. And so the family all got behind the child. Fall. And he fell forward. (laughs) His eyes were closed. He didn't know where they were. I don't think that kid's trusted anybody ever again. David says here, this world will let you down. Eventually, people will let you down. Eventually, stuff will let you down. It can be tempted to to play it and to use it to get us through. There is one to trust. And it's not just a commandment, trust God, wait on God. But again, it's just like God, through David, to put his heart on display. We trust him going down to verses 11 and 12. You trust him because unlike those other gods who are limited in their powers, those other gods that will tempt you in David's day but also in our day who are bound by creation and can only do so much, our God is not only just all-powerful but also unlike those other gods who could care less about you, this God's steadfast love is always for you. It's his power and his love. Trust him, yes, because he can provide, but trust him because of his great love. It was so sweet this week, watching these students talk about Matthew 6. God is great, God is good, and we're gonna thank him for our food. By his hands, we all are fed. To go over Matthew 6, 11 every day with these students, and just this childlike faith, yeah, God's gonna show up, and God's gonna provide. How is it you and I need to do that? Something you've been holding on to. Something you haven't let go because you just want your outcome. You want your timing. Maybe this morning you need to put it here at the altar rail and say, Lord, I'm trusting you with this person, with this hurt, with this concern. It's yours. How is it this morning that you and I need to say, we're going to wait more than the watchman for the morning. My, my soul waits for you. You need to be better about that. How is it you and I uh, this morning in response to what's been shared that you and I will say it's going to be God first. It's going to be really God only. I'm going to quit running to other people, other things. It's God, I want you to know it's you. I'm going to trust you on that. I'd love to pray with him, talk with you about that. If we can do that this morning or this week, what is it you need to trust the Lord with? Let's pray. Father, many times we ask that question, how long? But we're trusting, as David did, in not only your power, but in your steadfast love for us. Help us to wait well. Father, also guard our hearts that you would be first, that we are banking on God alone for whatever answer we're seeking today. Father, we pray as well we'd be found faithful as people who are trustworthy, that we we are trustworthy of your love, but also that we would be trusting of you. We pray you know that of us today. If there's something we need to trust you with that we've been holding on to, Father God, would you bless us and help, help us to trust you with that. And it is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.